Hi, welcome back to Crimes and Closets. This is Beth from my closet in North Carolina. Hey, this is Christy in my closet in St. Louis. How's it going? Hey, Christy. Good. Hey. Happy December. Yes. We're it's almost out. We are almost out of 2020. <laughs> right? Is anyone yeah. going to be celebrating New Year this year? That's what I'm going to know. You guys have to send us your New Year plans because I need some ideas of what to do with just to put away this horrendous year. Yeah. Like fun little things that you're planning to celebrate, like how you're going to do it. Or big giant yeah. things, big giant oh, yeah. things to celebrate the end of 2020. Uh-huh. It's true. Yeah. Please let us know because it would be <laughs> good to know because I'm going to do something. I mean, I'll be here in my house. I'm going to do something. <laughs> yeah. I really want to know what people are planning. I feel like there are going to be some great celebrations or like, right? We're all not going to cower in a hole here, are we? No. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, but but I will say, I we just talked about this meme that I got the other day that said, if I'm going to agree, before I agree to 2020, I need to know the terms and conditions. <laughs> <laughs> Not 2020, 2021. <laughs> yes. In writing. Yes, please. Let me know. And I need a couple days to review with my highlighter <laughs> so I can like write down the pros and cons and decide if I'm actually going to move forward right. with another freaking year. Mm-hmm. I got it. Okay, so I have to tell you a, a very funny crime story that happened in my neighborhood the other day. I have like a couple of moms who our kids play together. And we were sitting in the driveway and the kids were playing together. And we had two of our kids who were uh, playing with a kite. Mm-hmm. And they were flying the kite. And they were two houses away from us. So like not far on the same side of the street that we were sitting on, the moms and I were sitting in the driveway and the two kids that were playing with the kite were just a little bit up the road. And this car comes driving by and it goes to the stop sign at the very end of the road, stops and then backs up to yeah. where the kids are playing. So we're immediately, the moms and I are like, guys, kids, back up back away. Come on back guys. You know, cause we noticed that this car is like backing up to them. Mm-hmm. So the car stops directly beside them. The door opens. We're on our feet. We're like hysterically screaming for the kids to back away from this particular car. Cause I'm like thinking, Oh my God, they're going to grab my kid and take off. And I'm sitting in a chair. I can't get to them, you know, like, Oh my gosh. Panic mode. Right. So we're like, back away, back away, back away. So we like jump on our feet. We start walking towards them, you know, quickly screaming and a lady gets out of the car and she starts walking towards them and we're yelling and screaming. The kids are looking at us like we're crazy. And then she's like, they're kind of stuck. I'm just going to help them get it out of the tree. We're like, oh, thank you. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. So she gets the kite stuck out of the tree and the kids are like, yay. And she gets back in her car and they drive off. And we all come back to our chairs and my driveway silently and sit there and are like, hmm, you know, we should probably lay off the true crime a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) 
may have been a little hysterical unnecessarily there for a sec. Anybody? Okay. <laughs> Who has the drinks? <laughs> Lay off the true crime or pay a little closer attention and notice that your kid's kite stuck in the tree. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so welcome to Crimes in Class. <laughs> yes, welcome. <laughs> welcome. We're all oh my right. gosh, I probably would have freaked out just as much though, because that's that is kind of weird. Like for you to like stop. I mean, very nice, awesome person. Clearly, yeah. that just great neighbor, help, but weird. Oh, it was a neighbor. Yeah, I'm assuming. Oh, oh, you didn't know. Okay, I didn't um, know them personally. No, it is weird that they stopped at the stop sign and then backed up. Like that's you know, strange. <laughs> we lost it. Lost it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I downplayed. Are yelling. <laughs> You're probably like, this is so 2020. My kid's getting kidnapped right in front of my eyes. <laughs> yes. I was panicked. It's fine. Anyway, we're all safe here in the hood. So I am going to tell you an actual crime story today about uh, something that happened in North Carolina. Oh, man. Oh, Not man. in my neighborhood. Close there were home. no kite in, kites involved in this one. Okay. But I'm going to tell you. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> this is the story of Richard Morgan. This is a very small town case, which I know you and probably no one else has ever heard of. So I'm very excited to tell you it's an extremely sad case. And it happened in Franklinton, North Carolina. Oh, okay. I know where that is and, at least. <laughs> okay. So that's not far at all from where I hail. Um, maybe 20 to 25 minutes. I think my friend is a principal in Franklinton. Okay. Oh, yeah? I yeah. would imagine there's only one school. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Very tiny. So Richard Harvey Morgan Jr. was born on July 6th of 1934. Okay. So a long time ago. In Spring Hope, North Carolina, his parents were Richard Morgan Sr. and Eleanor Tunnell Morgan, and Richard was one of 11 children. Oh, wow. With 10 siblings. So they were very busy little country family. Mm-hmm. He went to Spring Hope High School, and in 1954, after he graduated, when he was 20 years old, he enlisted in the U.S. Army. He was stationed at several bases throughout the United States, and then he served in Germany for a year, and this would have been during the Vietnam War. Okay. So after he came home, he decided to serve in the U.S. uh, reserves for six years. So he stayed involved in the military even after he came home from Germany. He was a very handsome young man. He played guitar. He was very athletic. And in 1960, he married a local gal by the name of Judy Batchelor. Oh, it is Judy Batchelor. Judy Batchelor. <laughs> and it is said that they were very much in love, and he called her his special girlfriend. Oh, that's sweet. Throughout their entire life, he called her that. This is my special girlfriend, Judy. Oh. I know. So they got married in Spring Hope, North Carolina, where they both were from. They honeymooned in Niagara Falls. 
and then eventually settled down in Franklinton, North Carolina. And in 1963, Richard began to take classes at the College of Albemarle, which is in Albemarle, North Carolina, super tiny town as well. And he Mm -hmm. studied management and business law. He graduated in 1968. And during his time, whenever he was in college and a little bit after, he worked for various companies that did wood veneer. Do you know what that Mm. is? Mm -hmm. You do? I I think I do. I think I do. Okay, what do you think it is? Like, well, isn't like veneer like just like the top of something? Like it's yeah, yeah, sort of. So it's used for like paneling. It's used in like certain parts of furniture, doors. Okay, like yeah, the sides so you, of yeah. cabinets, things like that. Yeah. But it's mostly common, like commonly known as plywood. Like wood <laughs> veneers. It's it's basically plywood, but it is used in like several other things. So. He worked for various companies doing wood veneer work, companies in the area that did that kind of stuff. And after working for several different companies in this industry, he actually purchased a company in 1967 called Franklin Veneers, which was in Franklin, Franklin, Mm -hmm. and he ran that company as the president. So he's like a self-made man. Like he was in the military, he came home, he got married, he went to college, he bought this company and started running it. So during the time that Richard and Judy were married, they had three children. They had a daughter named Darlene, a son named Richard Morgan III, who was went by the name of Richie, and then their youngest son, John Lawrence Morgan, who went by John Lawrence. So Richard was super involved in his community, and he was very, very involved in his church. So this is like a super small southern town, and I feel like Christy would probably understand what I say when I mean it's like very, especially back in the day, revolves around your church. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So it's like the Baptist community and just a ton of stuff revolved around your church and the activities that were going on there. So he was really involved with that. He served as a trustee. He was a Sunday school teacher. He was a deacon. He was kind of known as like the unofficial church greeter. So mm-hmm. everyone who came in, he would try to, you know, go up to them and tell them good morning and welcome them and get to know them. And um, he made everyone seem just super loved. He was just a really sweet guy. And actually later in his life, he and his wife, Judy, donated a piece of property to their church. And the church used this property for their children's ministry. So they used it for like vacation Bible school. It was like a big field that was like adjacent to the church. And they used it for kids to do like games and sports and different things like that on and he that brought him a lot of joy the fact that he was able to donate this like super good guy he also served as a volunteer fireman at two different fire stations oh what how do you keep up with that exactly and all this church stuff and family (laughs) and running a business oh and a business forgot about that yeah i mean i just cannot deal with how sweet this guy was. So Richard was a, he was a really hardworking, honest, community helping Christian family man 
who was well-respected. He was beloved by business owners, by neighbors, by members of his community. I mean, just a great guy. Great man. Right. In 2014, when he was 80 years old, he retired from his business of Franklin Veneers and his oldest son, Richie, took it over. He was 80 when he retired. Oh, my gosh. Crazy. And because he just had such a love for the business, he did stay involved in the business, but he just didn't run it. His son ran it. He did all the heavy lifting, but Richard was definitely there on occasion and still, you know, he was still a part of the business just because he had such a love for it. So his daughter, Darlene, she got married and she had a family that lived in Boone. Their second son ran their business and he had a family and also lived in Franklinton. And then their youngest son, John Lawrence, still lived in the area. Now, John Lawrence, unfortunately, had some pretty serious issues Mm. in his young adult life. He had a lot of run-ins with the law, and those started in 1995. They started with some possession charges for drugs, some traffic issues. He was put on probation. In 2003, he was arrested for breaking and entering. In 2008, he was arrested twice, once in January, for a felony possession of a Schedule II drug, which Mm. a Schedule II drug is like cocaine, meth, hard stuff. All the stuff that's legal in Oregon now? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) I don't think at the level that that John Lawrence was arrested, but yes. (laughs) Um, he spent four months in jail for that. And then he was arrested again in 2008 for communicating threats and spent another month in jail. In 2012, he was arrested for an assault on an officer. Oh, geez. And spent just over a year in jail in 2016. He violated his probation and spent another three months in jail. So he had some crazy run-ins with the law just a really Mm -hmm. troubled past this guy and it's said that Richard was always extremely heartbroken over his son's choices and he was always supporting him maybe in times that he shouldn't but that the cops would no longer like they would no sooner leave the jail and then Richard would be there bailing his son out Mm. so he was always the dad who was there no matter what Helping, trying to keep his kid out of trouble and keep him on the straight and narrow. And, you know, it just seemed like over and over again, John Lawrence disappointed him and made these terrible decisions. So for a lot of of these years, whenever John Lawrence was in and out of jail, he lived with Richard and Judy. Mm. You know, because it's very difficult to get a job whenever you just keep committing felonies. Right. So in March of 2017, John Lawrence was arrested for assault. This assault was against his father, Richard Morgan. Oh, no. Apparently, John Lawrence was known to be extremely mean and extremely violent to his father, and he would push him and hit him and just basically abuse him really frequently. So he's basically abusing his elderly dad who loved him to the ends of the earth right yeah yeah special hell buddy Mm -hmm. i know no kidding 
So for this particular assault charge in March of 2017, he served two months in jail and then was released in June of 2017. So when he came home, Richard, his dad, allowed him to come back to live with them. Oh, Richard. So Judy, mom, Judy Bachelor, Judy Bachelor Morgan, <laughs> she finally got to the point where she was just terrified of her son, John Lawrence, and she could no longer live in the same house that he was living in because she was like legitimately afraid of his choices and what he was doing and his abuse. And she ultimately ended up leaving the home and moving to an apartment in Raleigh. Oh, wow. Yes. So it was that bad. Wow. And Richard couldn't see it. Like he wouldn't like he just have any part of that. not give up on his boy. Mm. And I will tell you what happens right after this break. Okay, so I am going to bring you to five months after John Lawrence's last release from prison, which is was in June of 2017. So I'm bringing you now to November 2017. This is November 26. At around 2.50 p.m., John Lawrence walks into the Franklinton Police Department. Walks in. Okay. He reported that their home had been broken into and that he had found his dad inside the home dead. And he couldn't call? <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, this is 20, what'd you say? What year? 17. <laughs> I mean, come on. We Definitely has a phone. Right. So police, like Christy, are immediately skeptical. And they know Mr. John Lawrence Morgan very well mm-hmm. because of his past history. So the police go to the home of Richard and Judy Morgan. They do in, fine, in fact find Richard dead with, upon their investigation, appeared that he had been assaulted in the living room. And he was found in the basement of his home with multiple stab wounds and wrapped in a blanket. Oh, wow. Okay. So they found, they didn't, you know, a full investigation of the scene. And it seems to be that there had been some kind of assault that had taken place in the main area, just inside the door in the living room. They believe that he had been killed there and that his body at some point had been moved, had been wrapped in this blanket and moved to the basement. At the scene, they found a serrated knife. Mm. Okay, so that's like a knife that has like jagged edges and a bent barbecue fork. Oh Lord, what was it? Do you know what? (sighs) Do you know what that is though? A barbecue fork. It's like the long with the two prongs, kind of like to grab a hot dog or something. (laughs) That's exactly what it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. So those two things were found at the scene. Um, This was said to have been an awful, gruesome, bloody scene with massive injuries, massive amounts of blood everywhere, just an absolute crime scene Mm. in this small town. And Richard Morgan was pronounced dead at the scene at the age of 
83 years old. Oh, my gosh. So, of course, they know that he was murdered. Mm-hmm. So it did not appear to law enforcement that the house had actually been broken into or that it had been robbed. And it appeared that there was evidence at the scene that there had been signs, I guess, that there was an attempt to clean up the blood. Mm-hmm. And whoever had tried to do that, there was just such a massive amount of it in the living room and all the way going down into the basement that whoever was just trying to clean it up had given up. Mm. Like it was just too much. There was no possible way. So they wrapped him in this blanket and moved on. Okay. A burglar is not going to do that. Right. Mm -mm. A burglar is not going to come into a home, assault a homeowner, kill them with multiple weapons, wrap them in a blanket and then try to clean up. Mm Mm-mm. No, you know, they're crime. Like they're just savage, personal yeah. savage. <laughs> That's right. Burglars are going to grab and go. So because of John Lawrence's criminal rap sheet, his history of violence toward his father, and the fact that he lived with his father alone and reported his death by walking into the police station, he immediately becomes the main suspect of the police and is taken in for questioning. And during his interview with the police, after they brought up all the inconsistencies with the home invasion and the robbery and this thing, the story that he allegedly put forth to them, he confessed that he was the one who had stabbed and killed his father while in a rage. Mm. So what he was like, he'd be so mad at his dad for. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. <sighs> So he immediately was arrested and charged with first-degree murder. So this brings us to the autopsy report. Mm. Trigger warning for anybody who does not want to hear about Richard Morgan's injuries. Mm -hmm. The cause of death was listed as multiple blunt and sharp force injuries. Okay. So this man was brutally beaten and Stabbed to death, he is estimated to have had 55 stab and incision wounds to his head, neck, arms, torso, and legs. Hmm. He had a skull fracture and hemorrhaging, facial fractures, neck, sternum, and rib fractures, a perforated trachea. What? Which means he was stabbed in the throat. Mm-hmm. A hole in his heart and punctured lungs. Oh my gosh. Some of the wounds are consistent with the barbecue fork and the serrated knife that the police had found on the scene. But he also had some injuries that were consistent with a single-edged blade. So something that was just a sharp-edged mm-hmm. blade. And it they that was never found. Mm. So they don't know what happened to that. So, essentially, John Lawrence was so full of rage that he not only beat and stabbed his father to death, but he stopped, got additional weapons, and kept going more than once. Because we're talking about three different weapons that they have identified in this man's killing. Also during the autopsy report, the medical examiner found small wood fragments in the skin of his chest. 
I have literally no idea what could have caused this. And there's no like speculation whatsoever in any of the reports that I read. I don't know if it was maybe because of the struggle and they were banging up against walls or furniture. Uh, What about like pieces of like the handles of those tools? Yeah, absolutely. That could be possibly Mm -hmm. true. I thought of that. And also Richard's clothes smelled very faintly of gasoline. Oh man. So I don't know if this was an attempt that, John Lawrence had made to possibly burn the body or if it was just because he was in the basement and like Mm -hmm. maybe they kept things like that in the basement or whatever, but it was noted in the autopsy report. So John Lawrence Morgan's trial was set to begin in early 2020, but on March 20th of this year, he took a plea deal instead. Oh man. He pled guilty to a charge of second-degree murder, which is not premeditated, right? Mm -hmm. And was sentenced to 30 to 37 years in prison. Shut up. He needs life. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that he's 30-something, right? Gotta be, right? Is he 30-something? He was 42. So 42. So in addition to the substance abuse issues that John Lawrence had, because, you know, he had had these throughout his life, he, it was also found that he suffers from some pretty severe mental health issues, Mm -hmm. which I guess he and his defense claimed contributed to this like ridiculous attack on his father Mm -hmm. in November of 2017. And I guess led them to offer him this plea deal. Because they just felt like that he had such severe mental issues that perhaps he wasn't fit to go to trial or whatever. I mean, there was something that had happened, I guess, that they felt like he, you know, a plea deal would be better than just taking him to court and letting Mm -hmm. a jury Mm -hmm. decide. So anyway, it just hurts my heart that everybody in this family, law enforcement friends, they all knew there was violence and abuse going on between this father and this son. And no one knew enough or was able to like step in and prevent it or stop it. Right. Even his own wife, even the mother. Right. Yeah. Like she was just gone. She's in an apartment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's just, I feel like parental love sometimes can be blind. Mm -hmm. You know, we just want to see the best in our kids. So John Lawrence is currently serving his time in Scotland Correctional Institute, which is in Laurenburg, North Carolina. He's 45 years old Mm -hmm. and is eligible for parole in 2050 when he will be 75 years old. Wow. So I had the pleasure of communicating personally with the Franklinton police chief who was over the case at the time in 2017 when this Um, murder took place. His name is John Green. He's since retired, but he was the police police chief back in 2017 when all this was going down. And what a great guy. Like he was so gracious to talk to me and answer my question and questions that I had. And he really like filled in gaps for me about this because John Lawrence didn't go to trial. And so a lot of the things that would have come up in trial as far as court documents and the evidence that they had to arrest him and um, 
Richard Morgan's particular injuries, these weren't documented for like public records. So there was no way for me to be able to find these. So Mr. Green did his best to answer all of the questions that he could. And some of the information that I just gave you was actually directly from him because I wasn't able to get it from any of the, um, like public records that I found. So he really was able to like, to the best of his recollection, like give me Mm -hmm. the information. And he is actually quoted for this podcast. Um, He just wanted for everyone to kind of hear his voice and hear what he had to say about it. And he said, just a horrible incident to happen in our small community. But the staff I had at the time worked hard to solve this case in a timely manner. And it affected me personally because I knew the victim and his good family well. If a family member suspects violence in the home, please stop, act to stop, or remove the problem. Mm, So true. Yeah, it's so true. And man, what a difference it would have made in this particular case. So Franklin Veneers, which was Richard's company that he bought and ran, is still open and running to this day. And his son, Richie, their oldest son, is still the owner and operator. So his wife, his special girlfriend, Judy, is still surviving and uh, living in the area. His daughter, Darlene, and her husband are still living. And Richie and his wife and two kids are also still in the area, carrying on this great man's legacy. But all of these family members, like they lost a husband and a father, but then they also lost a son and a brother because you know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. when a family member kills another family member, it really is just a loss right. across the board. But this man, like I know people who I heard about this case from that know him personally and the things that they had to say about him were just that he was such a kind, loving, sincere human being who was like just a member of his community and wanted to do good and wanted to show love. And that's his legacy. Mm -hmm. That is Richard Morgan's legacy is that he, you know, was just this amazing person. So terrible case. Yeah. Domestic violence in a different way. I feel like so often a lot of these cases that we talk about with a family member killing a family member, it's always like the husband killing the wife or the wife killing the husband. And this is just a different spin on that. And it was so sad. And it was a really difficult case for me to review, I think, because I knew, you know, I talked to people who knew him personally and he just seemed like such a sweet man who could not give up on his kid. And I think any of us who are parents can all feel that. Yeah. I know. I know. You you just think like you just want to do right by them and you want to keep supporting them and keep showing that you love them and that giving you're them not a expecting. Safe place. Yeah. Giving them a safe place and but you're not expecting them to basically turn on you and do that kind of thing. And gosh, I don't know. I don't even. Oh. I can't even imagine. I couldn't imagine. And this is like the second. So I listened to a podcast cast earlier today that was not the same thing, but son killed family. And it was mind boggling to me, like how that happens. And it has to be some sort of mental, mental break that just like something clicks and you're like, I have to do this. And 
but we'll never, nobody, we will never understand it, especially when it's such a loving family and all they ever do is try and help you. Yeah. I mean, even when the mom, like she was even like, I'm out, I can't do this anymore. And the dad even still stood by him. Right. Which, I mean, that really stood out to me when you first said it, because I'm like, this is his special girlfriend. Like he's going to allow his special girlfriend to walk out and he's not going to follow her. Like, no, (laughs) don't do that. (laughs) Right. Literally. Yeah. Gosh. Follow the special girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Follow him. Oh, man. And that that is the story of Richard Morgan. Wow. Yeah. And not too long ago either. She's no, yeah, super recent case and very sad. And, you know, don't ignore the signs, guys. Yeah. Nope. Exactly. Exactly. Follow what can you please repeat the end of that policeman's quote? Yeah. Let's see. He said, if a family member suspects violence in the home, please act to stop or remove the problem. End scene. That's where we need to end. That is 100% fact. This is what you need to do. Suspect it. Stop it. Remove the problem. Stop it. it, Remove the problem. And that is is all I'm going to say about that. You could make that a tagline too. I know. Exactly. Suspect it. Stop it. Remove it. Mm -hmm. There you go. That's a good one. Make sure you write those quotes down when you uh, (laughs) post about this. And happy holidays. Happy holidays. Hope everyone's um, feeling super merry. I know. <laughs> no matter what, we're not going to put them in a merry mood. <laughs> Hold your families close to you this holiday season. That's right. Um, we are. Violence in which case, stop it. Remove well, problems. Yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes, please do all of the above. Um, we are into December. So, yep. So the holidays are coming up. And as just as a quick reminder, we are going to take a couple weeks off at the end of the month. So don't be shocked when that episode doesn't come out. But we might have some fun little surprise for you brewing. Maybe. I don't know. We're, we're talking about sleeve. it. So. so just make sure you keep on following us and don't forget about us and follow us on social media because we still will be interacting and whatnot. Yes. Um, and now is a great time to send us case suggestions, I think, yes. too, because we are taking a bit of a breather, but we are not going to stop on the research train. So if you have a case that you're just dying for us to cover and delve into, let us know. I think this would be a great time. Yeah, agree. Totally agree with that. So, you know, send us, shoot us a message on Instagram, Facebook, or email. We answer all of them. For those people who have done that, you all know that we answer you pretty quickly because all we do is sit on our phones waiting for you to contact us <laughs> while our children are in school on virtually. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Anyways, we appreciate you all. Um, we hope you have a great week and just always remember the world is scary. People suck. Hide in your closets. 